Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Chapter 7, starting at verse 37, reads to you out of the New King James Version Bible, it reads as follows. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you from this particular topic, a satisfying drink. A satisfying drink. Satisfied can mean to be content, provided what is needed or wanted. For example, when we go to our favorite store and find exactly what we need for 65, 75% off and the salesperson helps us to find everything uh, our size and, and that will fit us and it fits good and then they ring us out, get help us get into the car. Something that was $500 gets down to about $100 and I mean that's a blessing right there, is that right? Satisfied in a natural sense could mean dining at our favorite restaurant. The food was delicious. The service was outstanding. The server continued to bring us our favorite drink. You know, they didn't let it get down to the bottom where, you know, we sucking up air. But they, they you know, got it by halfway and they filled it back up. And, whoo, that's a good day in it, praise God. Hallelujah. We're content in that particular area. Now, we're made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. You can't afford to just to have your body content and satisfied and not have your spirit as well as your soul satisfied. Turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. The book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. It reads as follows, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Notice what Paul writes to us in the area of being Content in our thinking, our talking, and our actions. He reminds us it's a learning process. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, and we should still, even today, be in the learning process as long as we are in this natural body. Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. I've increased my knowledge. I've been informed. I understand better in whatever state I am to be content, to be strong enough, to be sufficient for my what I'm going dealing with in life. Paul makes it clear that this mindset had to become a part for him. Excuse me, be a habit for him. In whatever state he was, he had to be able to handle the situation. For example, plenty of money or funny money. He still had to be content spiritually, feeling 110% or feeling 65%. He had to be content spiritually. Lots of folks loving and supporting him, or you got two or three people that's got his back, had to be content. Family and friends on his side or family and friends betraying him, he had to be Content. Remember Judas, Jesus was with him at one point, and then at another point he wasn't with him. He had to be content in whatever state he was. Philippians 4 and 12 reads as follows. I know how to be a base, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So we see here Paul was stating, I know how to be a base. I know how to be humble. I know how to bring myself to the proper place or the place that God wants me to be in. And I know how to abound. I know how to excel, to increase, to be in abundance. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned, those I've learned, I've taught, I've been learned, I've been instructed how to be full, how to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So Paul stated, I can, I, I can discern how to be at a low place or at the proper place in life with minimum, but I also have been learned how to walk in abundance, increase, and to excel. 
It screams here or what he talks about here. He knows I remember in a Bible study we had a few weeks ago, one of the brothers talked about the extremes that the, that the Lord uses in his writing of the scriptures to be a base and to, or, or to be a bow, to be full or to be hungry, to abound or to suffer need. And when I've learned it, it takes power to be able to operate in the manner that Paul instructed us in Philippians chapter four, verse 11. And verse 12, it takes power beyond our natural ability and our comprehension, because if not, you'll let what you're going through dictate to you what, how you feel in the situation, how you think, how you talk and how you act. Sometimes you can listen to people and that when they're going through something, their mindset or their conversation is like they're going through something. You ever talk to somebody and they're like, every time you talk to them, you can just tell by the time they open their mouth, oh Lord, they're going to start crying again. They're going through something right now. We should be like that. We should be in a position that God is good all the time and all the time. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about there. To have insight, information, the ability to navigate and flourish at a high level when you're hungry just as me or you are full. It takes power to be able to, to live a life of a high level of contentment and satisfaction even when you're dealing with a low place, a negative place, and oppressive things are coming at you left or right. We still must be content. We still must be at peace. We still got to be satisfied. Not, those, not satisfied with the things of the world, but satisfied with our Savior. Understanding that weeping may endure for a night, but joy come up in the morning. At this point in my life, I got to learn how to trust God wholeheartedly. Don't look good on the outside, but I trust him with my life. In my opinion, it takes supernatural power to be able to operate in life as a point that we're trusting the Lord wholeheartedly, regardless of what we're dealing with. And we begin to, we begin to value and see the need for the satisfying drink that we are constantly sip on when we deal with this thing called life. And you know, life can be very interesting if you live long enough. Is that right? Amen. Let's go again back to John chapter seven. Now I'm kind of give you a little background before we get down to verse 37. And some of the things that have taken place in this time. Now, there's a lot in this text. There's nowhere where I can cover everything. But I want to share some a few points with you to give you a little background to what what led up to Jesus making this statement in John chapter 7 and verse 37. Jesus was walking to Galilee and was avoiding uh, walking to Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. I, I ain't talking about just uh, spiritually kill him. I'm talking about naturally kill him. But there were, there was a big event going on in this particular area. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is the time they celebrate when they was in the wilderness 40 years uh, for their disobedience. But God brought them through and now they're out and they're celebrating. And of course they celebrated many of the, the big events that took place in their history. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. Historians tell us that it lasted approximately seven days. And on the seventh day, we're going to read what took place on the last day in this particular instance. In this time, they were trying uh, to get him to go to Judea and join in the celebration so others could see his great work. Now, understand something. What we deem as a great work that God does, God may want to do something different and consider a great work. Watch this. He may want to say, I'm just going to keep you in the middle of your trial. You say, well, God wants you to move the trial. Well, I'm keeping you, and that should be a great word that you should be proud of right now. Just sometimes being kept is a great work that God does in our life. I'm talking about him changing the situation. I'm just saying the fact that God keeping you. I'm talking about you go to work and God keeping you. Dealing with family issues and God keeping you. Money a little funny, but God keeping you. Lord, challenging your body, but God is keeping you. Oh, that is a great work in my opinion. And sometimes we live for God to do something spectacular, but sometimes a great work is God just simply keeping you. 
I'm talking about giving you peace that passes all understanding. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. I'm talking about God keeping you in the middle of trials and tribulations going on around you. Just the fact that he's keeping us. How many know that God can keep you even in the midst of what you're doing? God ever kept somebody at work before when you thought you were about to go off and lose your job? God ever kept you with your family? God ever kept you when you shopping and you arrive down the road? God is keeping us. And sometimes you don't feel nothing. You don't, you're not hotter than Shonda. It's just the fact that God is keeping you. How many can testify to the fact God has kept you more than one time? Even in 2021, God kept you. Kept you in 2020. Oh, God is keeping us. And that is could be a great work. That, that to me is a great work that God is doing in our lives. Jesus said, my time is not yet come. He told him this day. My time ain't come yet. I'm still showing up the evil works that they're doing in this particular time and day. So Jesus stayed in Galilee a little while longer. And eventually uh, he went up to the to the feast of Judea, begin to teach. Remember that now he's a master teacher. And this group got busy trying to find ways to kill him. Our healer, our deliverer, our savior, our king of kings and lord of lords, our lord and savior, Jesus Christ, remained in a content and satisfied state despite the people trying to destroy him or kill him. He stayed focused in on his assignment. Now, the disciples thought he was just going to show some great works, but God had a different assignment in mind. We need to understand that when we're dealing with uh, any type of contentment, we got to learn how to trust God that it can only go so far. When you be able to tell the devil, demons, and people that this can only go so far. People trying to cause drama in my life, it can only go so far. The finances get a little funny, but it can only go so far. You know, God got a time he's going to kick it in where it says he's going to supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You ever seen God kick it in? You ever notice that God sometimes don't kick it in as fast as we want him to? I'm, I'm up there. I must be the only one. I must be the only one looking at the checkbook and it get funny. He's like, God, when you going to kick in that supply every need? When you going to start selling some cattle on a thousand hills? I need a few cattle sold, so I need some money in my account. Y'all about to have conversation with God like that. But I have conversation with God like that. Oh, God, I need, it's, it's about, listen, it, any moment now, God, because, you know, I need for you to supply that need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But just to know the fact that he'll keep you satisfied even while you wait for him to kick it in. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory be to God. I get happy about stuff like that. Oh, spouse or spouse with his or her attitude, they can only go so far. John chapter 7, verse 37. Read this interesting statement that the Lord makes. The last day, this great day of the feast, Jesus stood. Now, he wasn't silent when he stood. He cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Anyone suffer from uh, what their soul needs to be refreshed, supported, or strengthened. Let him come to me and drink. But I think about this from two perspectives here. I think about it, one, from Jesus speaking to the people. But I also think about the people hearing what Jesus said. Because when you think about it from those two points, you, you, it's an interesting statement that one makes. Boy, he says, if anyone thirsts. And, and could it be a little bit in Jesus' mind? He's thinking about uh, what they want, what they need, or what the people need, for which their soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. Or could it be, if I'm listening to this, the desire for a need to drink? A need to drink. Why? Because you thirsty. Spiritually or natural. Naturally speaking, people get thirsty. Get thirsty. Get thirsty. It's interesting when I pick this water bottle up. The name of it is Thurster. I, I just found it around here in the church, I promise you. I didn't I didn't go home and make no labels and put it on there. It is it's called Thurster. I thought that was interesting. This is me. I'm just kind of, you know, just thinking. All right, here we go. 
Could it be that he's saying that uh, I have an appetite for something, uh, for a spiritual desire? So I'm thinking from two standpoints. See, first, from a natural perspective, it's a sign that the body needs hydrating. It's a sign that one's body is running low on water. And see, water keeps the cells in our body functioning normally. Everybody understand that so far? Water in the body keeps your, excuse me, water in the body keeps your cells functioning normally. So when your body gets thirsty, it's saying, I need something in, I need water in my body to keep it functioning normally. Now, from a spiritual perspective, like Jesus was talking to, he could be thinking about sometime our spirit man is running low and we need the Holy Spirit to refresh us so that our prayer time is refreshed. Our worship time is refreshed. Our giving time is refreshed. It is a time of refreshing. Because when it's dry, we tend to not worship like we need to. When it's dry, it's a, it's a half worship. It's like you got a dried up worship. When you're giving, you're giving just because you're throwing anything at God because it's a dried up giving. Listen, when you listen, when you're giving God, listen, a have or dried up, you start treating people based on your opinion, not based on what God is doing in your life. It's dried up. We don't give like we need to give. It's dried up. Our attitude's a little bit short. It's a short attitude. Why? Because you dried up. Dried up because your attitude is short. Talking to people any type of way. Talking to people any type of way. It is dried up. And so he goes on to say right here, from a natural standpoint, let me say this to you, from a natural standpoint, everybody think about this for a moment. From a natural standpoint, everyone needs water. Everyone thirsts, regardless of their background, skin color, age, or so forth. We all thirst every day. Everybody thirsts. The more energy one uses, the more they need to stay hydrated. We need a certain amount of liquids every day as well. Spiritually speaking, we need a daily hydrating of the Holy Spirit in order to function properly. Remember that Jesus, remember now, think about this. Every day, you need something in your system. Every day. And the more that you exert, the more that you need. But think about this spiritually speaking, the more that you insert, the more you pray, the more you deal with people, the more you need. In fact, you get about 20 of these sometimes we're dealing with folks. You need this in one go. Thank y'all, five. Only five people got that. Let me, let me, let me try this side over here. Sometimes you can deal with coworkers and you need a big 64 ounce gallon to drink all of a sudden dealing with coworkers. And if you ain't got it dealing with some coworkers, you might be just a little bit, it runs out, and now here they go with an attitude, and here you go with an attitude. Because why? You're spiritually dried up. Spiritually dried up. Family members, at school, wherever it is, you've got to be spiritually hydrated. Spiritually speaking, we need a daily hydrating of the Holy Spirit in order to function properly. Every day, we need the Holy Spirit to come in our lives. It's coming out loud because we need it. You never know what you're going to deal with on a day-by-day basis. Woo-wee. Boy, you ever been in a situation like, Lord, I shouldn't have drunk more today. God, look. Because these folks here about the ma- I, Lord, they use it. Sometimes people just squeeze you so hard till they get everything they can out of you. But it ain't good, no good to know that God can hydrate you in the middle of a situation. Woo-wee. Thank you, Lord, for hydrating me. God, if you dehydrate me, this dryness get ready to act up for him. Oh, let me get out of there. Let me, I, I, I gotta go on, I gotta go on, I gotta go, I gotta go. Remember that Jesus stand in the midst of those that oppose him. Doing ministry so it would seem strange to me that Jesus would have this question. He did not allow what he was dealing with, the people trying to kill him, to stop him from looking at people's need to be refreshed, strengthened, and supported. 
We serve a great God that desires for our souls to be saved and brought to him so that we can rest in a supernatural way. See, I believe Jesus knew that everyone thirsts naturally as well and most importantly, spiritually. If anyone thirsts. Now, let me say this to you. I'm, I, I had this later, but I need to say this before I go further. When Jesus asks a question, he's not looking for information. He's not sitting there. Well, I wonder if anybody in here thirsty. I wonder if anybody needs something to drink. When he asks a question, he's not looking. For, he, he knows the answers. He knows if you're thirsty spiritually or if you're thirsty naturally. He knows that. So if he asks a question, he's not trying to find out any information. He's trying to help us find out something that we need to know. And so here, we think about this. He knows everyone first spiritually. So when he asks that question, he knows that everyone needs refreshing. Refreshing, having regained strength or energy. He knows everybody needs to be supported, to someone to bear the weight of things that people are dealing with. He knows everyone needs to be strengthened, to be more effective, to increase in value. So when Jesus asks the question, he's not just trying to find out information, but it's for us to acknowledge that we are thirsty. It's for us to acknowledge that we are thirsty. The word if there means in case, just in case you're thirsty. See, in my opinion, the if was for us to acknowledge our need for our thirst to be fulfilled. See, if a person does not come to the conclusion that they need their thirst fulfilled, they won't make the necessary effort in order to get it filled. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, I, I've lived long enough that I have been uh, doing some things. I've been outside working and didn't even think about I was even thirsty because I was just so focused in on the work. I didn't even think about I was thirsty. And then uh, my um, somebody would say, hey, you want something to drink? I'm like, oh, I am thirsty. Because it came to what? My attention. Well, in this case, Jesus is trying to make sure that the people understand, hey, you're thirsty. You're thirsty. You're thirsty. You need to be refreshed. You need to be supported. And you need to be strengthened. And I love this because every week God helps us through the church, help us to realize that we need to be refreshed. Might remind us that we prayed like we need to this past week. Might remind us we studied the Bible like we need to this past week. Remind us, hey, you know what? This wasn't necessarily a good week, but this the scripture, the Holy Spirit is here. The omniscient God, the all-knowing God says, hey, you need to be refreshed. That's why, to me, church is so important. Because it's a reminder of my refreshing time. It's a reminder of what God wants to do in my life. It's a reminder that God wants me to be in a better place spiritually. It's a reminder. Because you, you got to understand something. If we don't learn how to satisfy that spiritual thirst the right way, we'll try other ways that God doesn't necessarily agree with. And let me say this for example. Let me give you a few examples. For example, if you're not careful, you'll try to satisfy the spiritual thirst in relationships. Relationships. I'm talking about not good relationships. I'm talking about bad relationships. Sometimes even, oh, thank you, Lord. I, I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Sometimes it could be a good relationship, but it's in the wrong place. You put in your spouse before God. Spouse is good, but they can't go before God. You could have, you could be working and you could put that work relationship before God. You could be in any situation, relationships can either be good or they can not be good, but you can't put the relationship you have with God in the place of God, so to speak. You can't put the bad relationship or the relationship you have with people before God. God has to be. So relationships can be in a place that God never meant for you to uh, use it to satisfy the thirst. Another one could be 
drugs, whether legal or illegal. They can be used to try to satisfy the soul. Drugs, legal drugs, and sometimes illegal drugs. They can be used to satisfy the natural soul. Drama. Drama is another one. Some people are so caught up in drama, they never have time to examine themselves. So busy. Ooh, what they doing over here? And what he, she doing over here? And what this couple doing over here? And what they doing? That they never have time to look at their own soul. Another one could be being a busybody in everybody's business. Everybody got some here, got some busy, busy, busy body, just a busy body, but never being busy in their own stuff. Busy in everybody else's stuff, but never busy in their own relationship with Jesus. Being a busybody. Another way is could be a workaholic. They're so busy working, they never have time to spend with God. Working. Good thing working, but it's in the wrong place. You can never substitute your relationship with God by working. Workaholic. A workaholic. Another one is finding fault in others. Always looking at everybody else's faults, but never looking at themselves to see what God is speaking into your life. Finding fault with others. And another one is leaning to their own understanding. They got it figured out. I know what to do until it don't work. Mm. Leaning to their own understanding. Now, now that we realize that we're thirsty, notice what Jesus tells the people in John 7 and 37. Let's, let's go back and read it again. John 7 and 37. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts. So now I realize I'm thirsty. I realize I can't use the stuff I used to use to satisfy this particular thirst. I can't use being a workaholic. I can't use drama. I can't use bad relationships. I can't use legal or illegal drugs. I can't lead to my own understanding. I can't do that. So I realize I'm leaving that stuff behind. Now I've got to do it the way God wants me to do it. I've got to simply put, i got to come to him and drink. I've got to come. I've got to be, listen, follow him. I've got to be establishing him. And then when I get to him, I've got to drink. I've got to receive what he has to refresh me, to strengthen me, and to nourish me in this particular walk with Christ. So I can't go to the way I used to get my soul satisfied. And let me say this to you. I may not have called your name out or called your thing out, but I know some of us have found ways to satisfy our soul that God ain't approved of. Let, let me just put that on the table. He didn't call mine out, so I must be okay. No, you ain't. You understand, and I had to repent too. Because sometimes I find ways to satisfy my soul that ain't approved by, approved by God. Long story short. So now I got to do it the way he tells me to do it. He says, come to me. Come. Hey, I know you're thirsty. I know you need something to refresh your soul. To, uh, to basically to satisfy our soul. Come to me and, and drink. See, it's necessary to understand that when we come and help others to come as well, a refreshing taste place. Refresh means to give new strength or energy to something to revigorate that person spiritually. The Lord comes to refresh, strengthen, and support our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And when our mind, will, and emotions get new strength and energy, our body will follow. See, many times in our thinking and emotion that get us in situations that hinders our increase, our growth, our productivity, our prosperity. I like what 3 John 1 and 2 says. Let's go to 3 John 1 and 2. 3 John 1 and 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. 
I pray that you prosper. You're going to be successful. You're going to lead a direct and an easy or anointed way, I should say, in all things and be in health, health, safe, sound, and wholesome condition, just as your soul, your mind, your emotions, your wills, your seat of your feelings and desires prospers. That's why it's imperative that we understand it's not just the devil, demons, and people hinder us, hindering us. Sometimes it's our thinking, our feelings, and our emotions on the journey of, of being successful that hinder us. Now, after Jesus makes the call for everyone who thirsts to come and drink, he sets a condition for the outcome. See, there is a correct way to fulfill our spiritual thirst, and then there is another way. There are other ways, I guess you would say, that are not correct. See, no longer, okay, let me, let me, let me make something clear here that I want you to understand that I, I, I don't want you to forget. Even the ways I mentioned earlier that are not of God, you can find a teeny bit of satisfaction in those, but it don't last. It don't last. That's why people keep going back to them. <laughs> See, dealing with drama, Finding fault in others, leaning to your own understanding and so forth will bring a short-term solution, but never the satisfaction that Jesus wants his people to experience. I never, I never pretend like you these things ain't got a t- tiny bit of satisfaction in them. That's why people keep going back to them. People keep going back to drama. Because they find satisfaction in drama. They find satisfaction in drama. They find... They find satisfaction in being a busybody. They find satisfaction leading to their own understanding. They find satisfaction in that. So there is a tiny bit of satisfaction in there, but it does not bring what God wants us to have. Because it don't last long. It don't last but a... That's all it lasts. And then you got to keep going back and back and back and back and back. And that's what people do. They keep going back and back, but it never satisfies like God wants it to because it's surface. I don't care how much drama you throw on it. It will never satisfy like it needs to satisfy. It will never do that. You will find out people keep going back to whatever they're going back to. That's why it's such a repeated process. And they find themselves in a cycle thinking they're trying to get satisfied, but they only spin it around and they stand in one place because it never satisfies. And how do you know, Pastor Because I've been guilty myself. Keep going back to the same thing over and over again, but it never satisfies. Never brings contentment. I thought, yeah, bring it, it contentment for 30 seconds, but after that, it goes back to it. Then I have to get more. But Jesus said, I got something better for you. Jesus got something better for all of us. He got something. See, that's the correct way to do it, and there's the wrong way of doing it. And Jesus gives us the way to do it. He says this. He says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. So notice in John 7 38, he who believes, when you put your trust in me, you place your confidence in me, you find safety and security in me, as the scripture has says, not as I think, but at what God tells us to do, out of his heart, his innermost part of a man or woman, his belly will flow rivers of, notice what kind of water it is, living water. Active and a blessed life, enjoyment of real life, to be refreshed, powerful, strong, and sufficient. See, when any one of us, those who have been saved for a year, just got saved or been saved for a long time or never made the step of faith, the Spirit's thirst in our life, thirst represents how we need to be strengthened, supported, and refreshed when we have, when we acknowledge our thirst Come to Jesus, make that step of faith to link up with him, appear before him, begin to follow him, a drink of him, believe in him, have confidence in him. We can expect rivers of living water to flow from our innermost being. I'm talking about, see, we, now this is what's interesting to me about this. 
It's all interesting to me. But let me say this to you. The same place that you were thirsty from is now because of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the very place that flows rivers of living water. No longer will you be trying to get satisfied by the things you used to get satisfied by. But now you're finding your satisfaction in Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. See, water, natural water refreshes our body, but living water refreshes our spirit, soul, and body. When the Holy Spirit begins to flow, we can expect to be refreshed, strengthened, supported, and have the power to exhale in our life. No longer have to go back to bad relationships. No longer being a busybody. No longer being a workaholic and so forth in order to satisfy our thirst. It could never reach in the first place. Could never reach what God wants to reach in our life. It can only dampen the service and make us want more. And, and, and sometimes we don't even recognize that we're going back to stuff that ain't working. Mm. Going back to that relationship, but you know it ain't working. Going back to being a workaholic, but you know it ain't working. Going back to those things that you used to do, but it ain't working. It gives you a temporary thing, but as soon as it's over, you're back to where you was before. When God said, I got a better way for you. I got a better way for you. And God is key. I give you the key to your spiritual drought, which will help us to be like the woman at the well, whom Jesus told, told her, if you ever drink of this living water, you will never thirst again. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 4. Let's look at that scripture right there. John, chapter 4, starting at verse 10. Woman at the, at the, see, the woman at the, uh, at the well had the issue that many of us have. Now, I'm going to say we had the same issue, but, hey, this woman, she said, I got, I got to get my soul satisfied. So I, what her issue was, she had men. See, look how y'all looking at me now. Not just one man, neither. She had a, a basketball team of men. She had men. She could get men. But those of the Bible says, hey, woman, you get, you try to get satisfied the wrong way. Mm-mm. Boy, I could, I could spend time with that. But let, let, let's deal with, with the text. John 4, verse 10. Jesus answered said to her, if you knew the gift of God who was with you, who says, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you what? Living water. Everybody say living water. The woman said to her, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then are you going to get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? See, she said, you're going to give me one of these. Natural water. Where you get this water, I never got to drink again, never get thirsty again, never have to want to thirst again. Never. What kind of water is this? Jesus said, hey, put the natural water aside. Put the way you used to do it aside. Put your way you think aside. Put it aside. I got something better than H2O. I got something better than anything that you can grab a hold of this natural realm. I've got something that will last you. What he says here. Notice what he says in verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water. Hold on. Let me show it to you. Everybody look up here. Will thirst again. Natural water, you're going to thirst again. Let me tell you something. You could drink 64 ounces today and tomorrow you'll be thirsty again. You can drink 64 ounces in a day and tomorrow you can be thirsty again. But Jesus said this, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. She come by the boat. But the water I will give you, give him, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. God says, I'm going to give you something that you will never, ever have to thirst again. Listen, God going to give us the water that we never, ever, ever have to go back to a water fountain. Never have to go back to the store. Never have to go back to anywhere else. Because it's the water that lives forever. Living water. Are y'all seeing what the text is saying? 
Are you seeing what Jesus is telling us? Listen, you're trying to get satisfied in all types of different things, but God says if you come to me, the same place you used to first come, act by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. You don't have to go about trying to trying to find a relationship to get satisfied. You don't have to go out and find some drugs, whether legal or illegal, to get satisfied again. You don't have to go out in drama or being a busybody to get satisfied again. You can come to Jesus and he will satisfy your soul. He'll refresh it. He'll strengthen it. He will support it. He'll satisfy our soul. Why many know you tasted Jesus and he has satisfied your soul? You had to go back to the club. You had to go back to crazy relationships. Listen, well, you can't survive without me. The devil is alive. I've got somebody that can make me satisfied. Go back to, go back to our text. Seven and thirty-nine. Seven and thirty-nine. Seven and thirty-nine. Jesus said, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing, those trusting in the Lord, have confidence in Jesus, would receive. To claim, to, to admit, to, to gain, to gain, to have access. Also, the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. He wasn't magnified, honored, or, cruci- or celebrated. But let me say this to you. We live in a time now Jesus has been glorified. What was he glorified at, Pastor Dobbs? After the third day? When Jesus got back up from that grave and he rose with all power in his hand on the day of Pentecost, he was glorified because now he poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit to the believers. And everyone that will receive him, everyone that will receive the power of God. See, we weren't glorified, but he's glorified now. We're living in a day where God is glorified. He is not only glorified, he is magnified. He is honored. He is celebrated. See, Jesus was not glorified in his resurrection, but we need to ask ourselves the question at at the time when this was spoken. But even today, do we glorify God in our lives? Do we honor Jesus in, in our business or our job? Do we honor Jesus More in our relationships, do we honor Jesus more in the way that we think, the way we talk, and the way we act? Do we honor Jesus? Are we so busy caught up in other things that we don't honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Now, the Holy Spirit satisfies us supernaturally based on our individual needs. And I want to end it up with these three benefits. Of course, there are many more of receiving this living water. Three benefits we want to talk about in receiving this living water. Again, real briefly. Remember now, when they came to Jesus, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And of course, when he was asking the question, he wanted them to realize, hey, you're thirsty spiritually. But you need to be refreshed. That's why I thank God for our baptism next Sunday. When somebody needs to be refreshed, baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you can be refreshed. Not only refreshed, you can be supported. Not only uh, supported, excuse me, you can be strengthened. You can be strengthened. Now, three benefits. One. We do not have to go back to our old way of being satisfied that did not last. But we can, re- we can receive the newness that Christ has for us. We have to go back to lying. Don't have to go back to unforgiveness. Don't have to go back to being a busybody. Don't have to go back to doing things that we shouldn't do. We don't have to go back to that because why? Christ satisfies. How many can agree that Christ satisfies? Now, you got to get that in your spirit. 
Because if not, you're trying to find something outside of God that satisfies. Because you will be satisfied one way or another. People gravitate toward what satisfies them. But you got to learn how. I can't go back to this old way. And you got to train yourself. You listen, that's why he talked about in 4, in, um, 4, 4 and 11. Hold on, let me get that scripture real quick. Hold on. Hold on one second here. My mind went blank for a moment. Philippians 4 and 11 and 12. You got to learn how to be satisfied with Christ. Satisfied with Christ. Listen, because anything, if you're not careful, see, you can be social media satisfied. You could be TikTok satisfied. Facebook satisfied. I mean, all types of things can satisfy you if you ain't careful. That's why you got to be Christ satisfied. These things, they may be entertainment, but they don't satisfy me. Are y'all following me here? There's a difference. This stuff is entertainment for me. It don't satisfy me. My satisfaction comes from Christ. And I'm not going back to that old way of doing things. I'm not going back to that old thing that tries to satisfy me. That old relationship, those people, my kinfolks, whatever it is, I don't let them satisfy me. Christ satisfies me. And you got to make up in your mind, no matter what goes on in your life, that Christ going to satisfy me. Christ going to satisfy me. Because I'm telling you something, you ain't careful. Them old ways to slip back up in your life, boy. They'll start tapping on your door. They'll say, hey, you know what we used to do, don't you? And you know how you feel when you did it, don't you? They bless your old dude. <laughs> your flesh ain't forgotten. Thank y'all for the two and a half amen. The rest of y'all pray for the rest of us. Your flesh has not forgot. Oh, look, let me let me put drop one more on the table so don't nobody get mad when I say this one, okay? If you ain't careful, food will satisfy you. I ain't talking about two pieces of cake. I'm talking about half the cake. And half the pie. Now, I go ahead and admit this since she's here. Sometimes my mama cook apple pie, and I can literally sit there with a fork and eat the whole thing. Give somebody some. <laughs> and people know it, too. They're like, Lord, I know if I don't get that cake, that piece of pie from him, not the piece of pie, but the whole pie from him, nobody going to have none except him. I could be watching a movie and just eat the whole pie. I could eat it. Oh, I'm not, I mean, I could just see flashes right now. Don't mess around and make it warm. Y'all say warm, W-A-R-M. I say warm, W-A-A-A-M. And it could be ugly. I ain't gonna lie to you. I could be that way. But I can't let that satisfy me. I gotta say, I gotta cut it off after a piece or two. Are y'all following? <laughs> I'll be real, so it'll be hard for me to just do one. <laughs> so you gotta understand. What is it that your flesh wants to gravitate toward, I hear you, Lord, that wants to satisfy instead of what Christ offers you to be content with? Your flesh will gravitate toward, I'm telling you, you got to be careful about it. So you have to watch what satisfies you. And what Jesus said, you ain't got to go back to that no more. You ain't got to go back to that no more. Number two, we can live in the prosperity that comes from living water. Because things are going to grow and prosper. Water causes things to grow. Water causes things to grow. <clears throat> and when it grows, we're going to prosper. Woo-wee. Good God. Thank God for the living water that causes things to grow. And growth represents prosperity. And the third one is, we will never thirst again because the water comes from God and will be an everlasting flow if we stay in Christ. It'll be an everlasting flow. It'll never stop. When Jesus told that woman at the well that, he said, hey, you'll never have to look for something else to satisfy you. It's going to be here forever. Forever. Listen, I mean forever. You know what that means? When you're at school, it will never never dry up. When you are at school, it will never dry up. When you're in your business, it'll never dry up. When you had relationships at home, it would never dry up. Wherever you are, it will never, ever dry up. Woo-wee. I'm going through a rough time. It'll never get dry. 
It'll never get dry. You can be thirsty naturally, but your spirit man will still be strong. Keep flowing. It'll keep flowing. It'll keep flowing. Woo-wee! It'll keep flowing. It'll never dry. Never dry. So three things. I can measure this for a minute. I can tell you. But anyway, three things. And if there are more, as you study this, you'll definitely come up with more. But you'll never have to go back to your old way of doing things. Thank God for that. Woo! You, how are you going to be delivered? Because you're not going back to that old way. Secondly, you're going to receive your prosperity because water causes things to grow. And third, it will be an everlasting flow because you'll never run out with Christ. Never. Never. Jesus told that person, you will never. Jesus told the woman at the well, you will never thirst again. I'm telling you here at OCC, you will never thirst again. Oh, I don't think y'all heard me. OCC, I'm telling you, you will never thirst again. I don't think they heard me. Look at somebody and tell them, you will never thirst again. Never thirst again. Never thirst again. Never. And let me say this about that. It ain't because I said so. My words may run out, run out on me. But you know what? His word will not return back to him, boy. It will accomplish everything he sent it out to do. His word is powerful, y'all. His word is powerful. A satisfying drink. A satisfying drink. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.